My voice is already gone. It's not good. So, um, as you guys, you've been here, you know that we've kind of been in this process of trying to figure out what we want to call Wednesday nights. Do you guys want to know what the results were for the, from, the, from the votes? All right. It was actually, it was actually very close. Um, it was one vote away from, first and second place was only one vote away. So, Wednesday nights is now called Surge. Surge. So, again, for those that are junior, senior, this is going to take some getting used to. All right? So, Surge. Welcome to Surge. All right, so we are starting a brand new series tonight called Selfie. And let's be honest, I want you guys to, to be real with me. How many of you have taken a selfie in the last seven days? Raise your hand. Yes. Praise the Lord for selfies. All right, so what's the purpose of a selfie? You want people to see you, you want to betray yourself. In a way that, that maybe it's something that you, you are or something that you maybe are trying to portray yourself to be. Or maybe you're trying to capture a moment or maybe um, you're, you're posting a selfie in the hopes that someone will notice you, that you'll get so many likes. And it's crazy to me, it's crazy to me talking to students that they will delete a picture if they don't get so many likes. Again, let's be real. How many of you guys have deleted a picture because you didn't get a certain amount of likes? I would, delete, I would not have anything on Instagram if I deleted my pictures, if I didn't have enough likes. I think I hit 100 likes once. Yeah. So if I post something, you better like it, all right, because it hurts. Um, but maybe you're posting because you want people to hit the like button, or maybe you want somebody just to make that one comment, oh, you're so hot, or whatever. We don't know why you're posting these things. And here, let me tell you something. I still don't understand the duck face. Girls, can we, just, can we just be real? What's the duck face? Like, I've never looked at a duck and says, oh, my gosh, that duck is so beautiful. Why the duck face? Except for maybe one, Daisy Duck. I mean, look at her. She's got it going on. But besides Daisy Duck, there's not much... For the duck face. But we, we did do some searching and we found some, some selfies this week on the internet. And we want you guys to post some selfies so we can show everyone your selfies. But here's some selfies that we found this week that we kind of liked. Um, here's one that's kind of cute. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's that. Um, here's another one that I thought was really cool. I'm not sure what this guy was thinking. Um, what I want to know is what happened two seconds after this. It might be Photoshop. But this one right here is one of my favorites. She's not having a good night. She is 0.2 seconds away from having a big headache. And that's awesome. Here's Mona Lisa. She was the first one who did a duck face. So it goes way back. 
Um, there's also, even kids do it. Here's one. And it's not just kids, it's also old people. So there you go. So who wrote the book of James? We won't, we won't talk about that in just a second. So we're going through this book. James is only five chapters. And over the next nine weeks, yes, that's a lot of weeks, nine weeks, we're going to hit on core things about the book of James. And I don't know if you read through the book of James, but James has some really insightful things. If, if only we would live by those things, I think it would change our lives. And if you're... If you're Abide by these things that James talks about. It will change the way that you um, portray yourself. And you know, some of them talk about character. Some of them talk about you know, the decision that you make. But I believe all of these things will change your life. And this is what we're asking you guys to do. You know, the book of James is five chapters. And it's not really a book because it's only like six pages long. It's very short, so you can do it in one reading. But we're asking you to kind of read through this with us. You know, read it multiple times, and we want you to kind of get the, the DNA and kind of get the mindset behind why this book is written. So, I want you to read it. So, who wrote it? James, brother of Jesus. Um, man, yeah, just imagine growing up with Jesus as your brother for a second. I mean, Jesus being perfect. <laughs> I mean, just imagine Mary talking to James. Why can't you be more like Jesus? I can imagine James looking back at Mary and saying, Mom, why can't you be more like Jesus? You know, but James wrote it. He was Jesus' bro. And he even doubted this Jesus for, for a while, but he later became a leader in the church. When was it written? It was actually one of the first books in the, in the New Testament that was written. And um, it was written a few years after the, 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 the death of Jesus. So that's when it was written. So tonight, we're going to look at a few verses, um, verses 2 through 6 and also verse 12. And we're going to take a closer look at this, as, at this as we kind of begin this journey through the book of James. So, question I have for you as we begin tonight. Have you guys ever had a bad day? Never. Never had a bad day. Well, here are some pictures of some people who had a bad day. This guy was looking into a tree trunk, and guess what he found? A porcupine. He's not having a good day. He's having a bad day. Here's another one. I have no words for this. I'm not even sure how that happened. Maybe he was there as a child and they put it over top of him and he just kind of grew. I don't know. Um, Here's another one. Yeah, I don't understand that one really either. Okay, I don't know if you can see this or not, but there is an alligator right there. She is moments away from not having a good day. Moments away from dying. I think that's it. Oh, no, there's one. Oh, this is my favorite. (laughs) This is great. 
I wish this was, this was a video, because I would just love to watch this. That's not being, that, yeah, that's wrong for me. But anyway, there's a couple of those. All right, so athletes. Are there any athletes in the room? Raise your hand. Athletes, there they are. All right, so I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a runner. Um, I, I try running, but for different reasons, I cannot really run. But, you know, I think runners are probably one of the greatest athletes in the world. Because of the, the, especially the ones who run these marathons or even longer races, which I don't really understand either. But what makes these athletes so great? What, what, do you think it, what do you think it would take to go to the Olympics and win a gold medal for running? It takes lots of practice. What kind of training do you think you would need to win this? Athletes. Have to train. If you if you if you play a sport, you know you have practice. You have to train to be able to win. To win, athletes have to push past the pain that they have. You now, when you run, like I, I was running, I, so I, I have seasons where I run, and running is not enjoyable for me. It's 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 not. But sometimes you got to push past the pain in order to run, in order to. Um, Build your strength, focusing on the goals that you have for yourself, that you set for yourself. So athletes, they go through this in, these incredible trainings, pain, trials, sacrifice, in order to attain the prize that they are, are shooting for, to win, to be the best. So all of us, all of us go through tough times. All of us go through trials in our lives. No one is exempt from this. So our attitude affects how we handle the tough times in our lives. So we can respond by a couple things. One, we can respond by running away. Trying to ignore them. Going the opposite direction when we have pains and problems in our lives. Or we can run around trying to hide from them, trying to sidestep them altogether. Or we can take them straight on, run ahead. Enduring them with a proper attitude. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. James chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 2 through 6 and then verse 12 as well. So let's go through this. It says this. Count it all joy. Now, let's stop there for a second because joy is not the same thing as happiness. James is not saying that when we have bad things that happen to us that we need to be happy. It's not what he's saying. Happiness changes based on, changes, change based on circumstances. Joy is a state of being. So he's saying, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now, various kinds could be anything. It could be you being bullied. It could be you, um, your parents going through a divorce. It could be you, your, your health. It could be you going through an injury that keeps you from a sport that you love. It could be you dealing with a loss. It could be several different things. So it says, Can I joy, my brothers, when you face or meet trials of various kinds? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast, steadfastness or perseverance, which is simply not giving up when things get tough. Verse 4, And let steadfastness... Have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, or perseveres under trial. For he, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, 
which God has promised to those who love him. So, James says, troubles are coming your way. And you're like, thanks a lot, James. Thanks a lot. But he says, don't be discouraged when troubles do come your way. Don't be discouraged by it. God is going to use them to make you awesome. So he talks about three things. Three things here that God uses to teach people about our problems. Okay, Three truths about problems and trials. Number one, problems are inescapable. Inescapable. He says, count it joy when you face trials. So you're going to face trials at some point. Some of you guys are going through a trial right now. Some of you are not going through a trial, but you will face a trial at some point. So when you're going through tough times, he says, count it joy when you face trials. So what I want to do, take 30 seconds, find a partner, and spend about 20, 25 seconds per person. And over the course of your life, tell them that person one trial that you face in your life. Okay, ready, set, go. All right, you may not be finished yet, but we want to go ahead and keep going. The point is, we all, have, we all have trials. We all have tough times that we go through. Now, for me personally, now I can look at my life, and you know, I shared some of that a few years or a few weeks, a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not showing you my ninth grade picture. You remember that? Um, but for me, one, one of the biggest trials that I've gone through in my life is some health issues. That I had surgery when I was four. They thought they took care of it. And I'm not going to detail about everything, but when I was in college, the issue came back. And I've been dealing with the same issue ever since then. And it's something that doctors don't have an answer for. It's something that I went to Duke and I went to Mayo Clinic and I went to all these places and they have no answer for my health issues. And it's frustrating because I kind of, it's a cycle that I just, I hate and, you know, my wife is, is there, and she, she, she's so supportive through my health issues. But it's a trial that I hate. It's a trial that I'm going through that it's not fun. So trials are not necessarily fun, but trials will come your way. They're inescapable. And also, you know, we live in a world that's full of sin. And because we're messed up, because we're full of sin, problems come as a result of that. So, number two, one, they're inescapable. Two, problems are a test of your faith. Problems are a test of your faith. Verse three says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So, how you react to problems says a lot about you. Now, if you, you know, this is kind of a pet peeve, but when people have issues and they go on Facebook and they spill all their junk on Facebook, that's a pet peeve of mine. 
That's not really meant for that. But how do you deal with your problems? Do you try to make people feel sorry for you or do you, whatever it is, or do you simply go to God about your problems or go to, to your community, to your, to your friends and, and, and talk to them about your, your problems? So it's a, it's a test of your faith. Number three, problems are there to, to help you grow stronger. Verse four says, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I don't know if you guys have heard of Hell Week. Have you guys ever heard of Hell Week? Okay. Is Hell Week still a thing? Okay, I'll, I'll explain what it is. So, I know when I was in high school, I didn't play football, but the football players had this thing called Hell Week. And what, they, what, it, what it is, is they would, the coaches pretty much would try to kill you. That's, that's the, 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 the thing. So, they'll have practice two, maybe even three times a day in the blazing sun in August. And... Um, if you're, if you're an underclassman, the upperclassmen will pick on you and make fun of you. And, but the purpose of Hell Week was this, to make you stronger. You go through this, this week of what they call hell, and it will make you stronger at the end of that. Now, life is not necessarily a game, but with each hit that we take, with each trial that we go through, with each problem that we have, if we can get through those problems, guess what? It's going to make us stronger. It's going to make us stronger as a result. Um, so what I want to do now is I want to have someone actually come up here and share a story. The mic. Jordan. Where's Jordan? Do you, ha- do you know where the mic is? Okay. Um, so Stephen, come on up. Stephen's going to come up, and he's going to share, he's going to share, share part of his story with us. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Go ahead, bro. Hey, guys. Um, so, as he said, my name is Steven. Um, so, uh, something about me that um, some of you guys know is that I used to be a lot into sports. Um, like, it would take up my afternoons. I would go out, shoot hoops um, and whatnot. There's me, eighth grade, um, doing football and basketball, um, track, um, did soccer one year, did wrestling, got hurt in that. Anyway, um, I did a lot of sports, um, and it was a lot of my life, and, um, like, just, um, nothing's, um, nothing is solid in your life, um, in that, um, eighth grade year came around, um, I was doing great in sports, I was excelling, um, um, and all of a sudden I just started having health issue after health issue, um, I had asthma attacks, I had, um, broken arms, I had dislocated arms, I've had displaced ribs, I've had whole nine yards plus some, um, and right now I'm dealing with a pain syndrome that nothing of this is, um, that I can't do sports right now because it hurts too much to do sports, um, and sports was a huge thing. Um, currently I don't go to um, basketball or football or track meets because um, there's still something inside of me that says, even though you're in pain, you can do better than sitting on the sideline. And then that gets wells up inside me and makes me mad. So, but the um, reason why I'm telling you this is that, um, that the way that I've gone through it, I've tried hanging out with friends, relying on them. I've tried relying on service, being like, oh, I'm doing this for God, so he'll give me back my sports. Um, I'll, um, I'll distract myself with video games. I'll do whatever to 
um, just distract my mind off of the pain. And none of this stuff works, guys. None of it. That, um, you can go to the next slide if you want. Okay. Uh, so one picture was last summer. Um, I played a few games, um, being like, okay, I can do this. Um, suck up the pain, you can do it. Um, did okay. Um, this past, this past summer, the one on the uh, right, that's me. I displaced four ribs that night, um, playing uh, one, uh, almost one and a half games of basketball. Um, displaced four ribs, um, icing myself up. But the only way to get through this is honestly relying on the Lord, um, that he has to be your strength, that even though, like, I've tried friends, I've tried um, learning as much about stuff, um, I've tried just everything possible, being depressed um, and whatnot, that I've learned that um, God has to be my strength and um, my will to do stuff, that I have to do stuff for him. Otherwise, it leaves you empty. It leaves you unsatisfied. Um, and yeah, and it's a, honestly, it's weird not, if ever I have pain or my family is not going through something, it's weird because then, in myself, I go, what am I doing wrong um, because I'm not going through a trial and Satan's not trying to get me? Um, because if I'm just complacent with stuff, stuff will go away. But if you keep going, sure, you might be in pain. Sure, stuff happens. But listen, that stuff is worth it. It is worth it um, to go through it because you know you're doing something for the Lord. He will test you. He will persecute you. But be steadfast. All right. So we know that trials will make us stronger. And do they, are they fun? <laughs> no. Um, if we can get through them, it will make us stronger as a result. All right. So how do we handle problems God's way? God's way? So there's four things we're going to talk about. And then we'll wrap it up. Number one. It's choose to have a joyful heart. Again, he says, can it joy, my brothers, when you face meet trials of, of various kinds? Um, so trials will come. Some of you are going through trials right now. You can re, um, but we can rejoice because they are opportunities for growth. Growth in our faith and our trust. So we know they'll make us stronger. Number two, Ask God for wisdom. Verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let, them, let him ask God who gives generously to all, the, all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So about wisdom, James is not really talking about knowledge, but about the ability to make wise decisions in difficult circumstances. So we don't have to walk around in the dark alone hoping that we will stumble upon the answers. We can ask God for wisdom to guide us. Number three. Trust that God will help you. It says, let him ask, verse 6, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Meaning that you go back and forth. You are wavering, and a mind that wavers is, completely, is not completely convinced that God's way is best. If you're going back and forth, it treats God's word more like advice. So trust that God will help you. Number four is chased after the crown. It says, blessed, verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life 
that God has promised to those who love him. So the key of getting through the trials is to look at the finish line. So keep your eyes. So when a runner runs, if, you run, if he's running a track, he has his eyes on the finish line. You know, when I was running, you know, I had this, this app that I used. And I'll keep my eye on the app. I'm, okay, I got to run three more minutes. Here, I, I can do this. So keeping your eyes on the finish line. If we keep our eyes on the goal, it will help us get through the trial with style. So I don't know what you're facing this week. I don't know what problems you have, but I know that God is with you. I know that God is going to go with you through the trial that you're facing. And here's the thing. I don't think this message is for everyone tonight. But I think this message is for everyone at some point. Because we will face trials. Someone once said that everyone will fail but a winner is someone when falling down 10 times would get up 11 times. And a couple years ago, I went to Cabo, and I met a man named Jerry Nelson. And he said this. He says, life isn't about waiting for the storms of life to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. So those things that we are going through that just stink, that we don't like, instead of waiting for that thing to pass, Learn to be joyful in it. So what I want to do as we kind of wrap this thing up is, um, many of you guys may be wondering what, what this thing is behind me. And I want to show you guys a series of pictures. And um, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll like these pictures. This one's called Loneliness. All right? And so you might be looking at this, and that makes really no sense, Tim. Um, but that one's called Loneliness. This next one here is called um, Broken Relationships. Okay. Could be a boyfriend, girlfriend, it could be your parents. This one's called divorce. Maybe your parents are going through a divorce right now and that's a trial that you're facing. This one is simply called unworthy. Isn't that a beautiful picture? This one's anger. This one's addictions. <laughs> now, you may be looking at these and saying, Tim, that makes no sense. What is this? What this is are snapshots of a bigger picture. These are all little snapshots of this, of a bigger picture. And what happens is God is painting this canvas of your life. And it's as big as the universe. And he can look at it. He sees from beginning to end of your life. But all we see are little snapshots of it. We see little snapshots of our life. And we're like, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. I'm looking at this right now. It's like, that makes no sense whatsoever. I don't understand this. But God is saying, Tim, if you could only see what I see, if you can only see the canvas that I'm looking at of your life, it is so, so beautiful. But all we see is this. It's like, God, why is this happening? Why are my parents going through a divorce? Why am I so lonely? Why am I getting picked on at school? Why this? Why this? 
And these are trials that we face that makes no sense. And you may be looking at this, Tim, Tim, my life stinks right now. Or you may be looking at it saying, Tim, my life is actually pretty good right now. It doesn't matter. You've got to realize that God sees the full canvas of your life. And if you're questioning God, if you're questioning, no, my life doesn't make sense. Why am I going through this? Why am I filling the blank? Realize that God has a plan for your life. And those trials that you're facing is going to make you stronger as a result. Tonight, many of you are looking at this. You cannot see the full picture, which God can see. And whatever is in your little four by six snapshot of your life right now, whether it's good or not so good, realize that this is just a snapshot, that this isn't the full picture of your life. God sees the full picture. Realize problems are a part of life. That you can trust. You can trust that God is with you through those. And it doesn't matter where you see yourself right now. It doesn't matter what you're looking at right now. And for a lot of you, I understand that makes no sense. And it, you may say it's ugly, it's, it's dark, it's fill in the blank. But God looks at it and it's like, if you could only see what I see, that your life is not just this little snapshot, but it's, it's beautiful. Because I created you and I love you and I have a plan for you. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you do have a plan for our lives. God, I thank you that your plan is perfect. And even though there's students here and, and even, even adults maybe that are just going through a time that just makes no sense to them. And they're sick of it. And they want out of it. They can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But God, I know that you're faithful. I know that you're with them. I know that you're there. And I know that you're wanting to tell them if you could only see the full canvas of your life, that this is going to make you stronger. So God, I pray for every student, every adult, it doesn't matter what they're going through, that you would just help them to persevere through these things. God, I pray for our time in small groups that you will just um, guide the conversation. I pray that you will um, just give the, 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 the leaders wisdom. And God, I pray that you will just be glorified through everything that happens. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.